This morning we come to the end of chapter 12 of John's Gospel as we've been going through the Gospel of John throughout this year. Chapter 12 marks the end of Jesus' public ministry as the next five chapters deal with the final moments he has with his disciples before he was arrested. And in these last verses of chapter 12, we hear Jesus speak. Or rather, we hear Jesus cry out. That's what we read in verse 44. Now, this doesn't happen often with Jesus where he cries out. That usually when we read that someone cries out in the Gospels, it's a blind person crying out to Jesus to heal them. Or it's an evil spirit crying out and shouting at Jesus as he's about to heal the person. Or it is the crowds in Jerusalem crying out, Hosanna, or crucify him. Jesus doesn't cry out very often. He cries out to have Lazarus come out of the tomb. He cries out as he dies on the cross. But here, at the end of John chapter 12, we are told that Jesus cries out in his last moment of public ministry. To cry out conveys some measure of emotion or intense desire to be heard. And so Jesus is earnestly calling for people to listen to him. To hear his message and believe in him because he knows that apart from him there is no hope of eternal life. And so let us look at these last words of John chapter 12. These last words during Jesus' time of public ministry John chapter 12, verses 44 through 50. Let's hear the Word of God. And Jesus cried out and said, Whoever believes in Me, believes not in Me, but in Him who sent Me. And whoever sees Me, Seize him who sent me. I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. If anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. The one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me. Amen. Let us pray. Oh God, we pray that you would bless the hearing of this word. We pray that you would go forth in the power of your spirit, blessing this word, oh God. That you would work through me in spite of my own sin and weakness. That I would faithfully and clearly proclaim your word. And that you would give us ears to hear. That you would open our hearts and minds, O God. That we would receive your word 
as your word, that we would believe it, that we would be challenged and changed by it, that we would be comforted by it, and that you, O God, might work in us by the power of this word through your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So looking at our passage today, I'd like us to think about, you know, why is Jesus crying out and what what is this thing that he is crying out about at the end of his ministry? What why now in this moment does he see it so important to cry out? And then I want us to think about how this passage affects us in two different ways, how it speaks to us as those who hear the message and those who herald the message. So in these verses, we actually have kind of a brief summary of Jesus's mission, that Jesus is pleading for people to listen to him. And what he does is he gives a summary of his whole mission in simple terms. I know the Bible is confusing in a lot of places with complex ideas and trying to figure out what's being said. But at other points, the Bible is incredibly simple. And so Jesus puts his message as simply as he possibly can, saying three things in this passage. I have been sent by God to do good for you, and you need what I do for you. That's like super simple. I've been sent by God to do good for you, and you need what I can do for you. So let's look at each of those quickly in closer depth here. First, Jesus says he's been sent by God. We see that in verses 44 and 45. He says, whoever believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. Whoever sees me sees him who sent me. Jesus pleads with the people to see that he has truly been sent by God, that he is not seeking his own fame. He is not seeking a large following to become famous. No, he is serving the one who sent him. And more than any other prophet we read about in the Bible, Jesus fully represents the Father. Because Jesus is fully God. And so when someone sees Jesus, they are truly seeing God. And so he says, I have been sent by God. Second, he says, I have come to do good for the people. In verse 47, he says that he did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. Now, we might be like, wait a second, Jesus, I thought you are going to judge the world. Yes, he is. He's not denying that he will judge. Rather, he's saying that his purpose of coming the first time at Christmas that we celebrate was not to come and judge. It was to come and save. He was sent as a rescuer, a savior, someone to bring light to a dark world. He did not come in wrath to punish at Christmas. He came to offer the good news of forgiveness to sinners. And so Jesus pleads with the people, see the goodness that I have come to bring. And then the third piece of his message is a call for action from the hearers. He tells them that they need what he offers. That without him, they would remain in darkness. Jesus knows his message is true. He knows his message has significant consequences, both good and bad. And he warns that though he did not come to judge the people, they will face judgment if they reject his word. 
The people must receive the salvation He offers or else they will find themselves stuck in darkness and condemned by God. And in this way, the good news that Jesus brings is a lot like a Christmas gift. That Jesus has purchased the gift through His life, His death, and His resurrection. This gift of salvation is fully in His possession to give to whom He will. And He has extended this gift, offering it to people that they would be blessed by His gift. But the gift must be received. The gift must be opened. It must, as the children's message we talked about, must be opened and played with. That Jesus is standing in this week where He is going to be killed with arms outstretched, crying out for people to receive the salvation that He freely offers. But so many are rejecting His gift. They are remaining in darkness. No wonder He's crying out. He's pleading for the people to believe in Him. So as we hear this earnest cry just days before He would die on the cross, I want us to look at His message from two perspectives. I want us to see how this passage speaks to us as those who hear Jesus' message and then consider how it helps us to be better heralds of the Gospel. So we are hearers of the Word. At least if you are here, you are a hearer of the Word. Many of you even gather for worship on a regular basis. A lot of you look really familiar, actually. You're in the habit of hearing the Word of God read and preached, and you may even be part of a Bible study. You may do your own personal study of the Scriptures. And so all of us here hear the Word. But how do we hear it? How do we hear the Word of God? Do we hear it as God's Word? Do we hear it as the authoritative and true words of the living God? These are questions that flow from Jesus' words about being sent from the Father. That by saying the Father sent Him, Jesus is claiming authority. He is claiming His message is a divine one. He is claiming His message should not be ignored because He brings words from God. Now, we understand this principle very well in other parts of our lives. That if we receive a written notice that we owe taxes to the federal government, as much as we may not like that notice, that notice has the same authority as a living, breathing tax official that sent it. Same goes for the turnpike. If the turnpike commission sends you a bill for that toll that you did not pay or are not allowed to pay, there is no, that is no different than a toll worker telling you what you owe on that toll road. That words carry the authority of the one who speaks them. And so they should be believed and obeyed based on the authority of the speaker. That's what we saw in our Old Testament reading from Exodus 12. That God gave a word to Moses to bring to the Israelites when they were slaves in Egypt. That He had sent nine plagues on the land, but a final plague would require God's people to hear, believe, and obey. That an angel was coming to destroy the firstborn sons in all the land, 
But the angel would pass over the houses that obeyed the Word of God by putting lamb's blood on their doorframe. And so in order for Israel's firstborns to be saved, they had to believe that that word from Moses carried the authority of God. That its consequences mattered for good and bad. It's in this way we need to hear the good news of Jesus. It's why Jesus is crying out. He wants people to hear that what he is saying is not some rabbi's opinion but it's God's Word. And the same is true for what we hear in Scripture today. That if we believe the Word, then we are believing the God whose Word it is. And by believing the Word, we receive what God offers in the Word. Eternal life in Jesus Christ. And if we don't believe the Word, we will be judged by that Word we have rejected. As hearers of the Word, what you think about God is revealed in how you view His Word. Do you hear the Word as the Word of the living God of all the universe, a good and merciful and holy God? Or is it an old book that has some inspiring stories and commands? Do you hear it as the divine communication of a living God who seeks to save you? Or as one of many ways to view our world? Let us not ignore the word as hearers. Let us not try to alter the word that we hear. Let us instead gladly receive the word by believing and keeping it. And so if we have heard the word and if we have believed the word, we are also called to be heralds of the words. Now, the word herald isn't one we use a lot, but we do think about it at Christmas because we sing, hark the herald angels sing. Tim Keller writes that a herald was a living newspaper. Do you guys remember those newspapers? A living newspaper that heralds were a major means of transmitting news by making announcements in the marketplace and city streets. That heralds were the guys that said, extra, extra, read all about it. That's a herald. And like Jesus, these heralds cry out to be heard. And as believers, we should be heralds of the good news of Jesus. For after Jesus rose from the dead, he commissioned his disciples and his followers to be his witnesses in all the earth. And that we who believe in Jesus are not only saved by him, but we are sent by him. We are sent with his authority to proclaim the good news of his victory over sin and death. The problem is we don't think of ourselves that way. We live in a world full of news, and so we expect people to hear the news from other sources than us. And if we do, muster and gather the courage to tell somebody else about Jesus, we usually do it with a great degree of sheepishness. Our whole demeanor is giving off vibes of, I'm like really sorry to bother you, but I want to tell you about Jesus. And we just feel like we are inconveniencing them. 
Most Christians are the exact opposite of extra, extra, read all about it. That at Christmas we sing, go tell it on the mountain, but we live as if the song is, please keep quiet about religion. Don't make anyone uncomfortable. Merry Christmas, I sang for you. So, But that's our song. Please keep quiet about religion. Don't make anyone uncomfortable. So what does this passage say to hesitant heralds like us? I want to give you three encouraging reminders to help us be better heralds of the gospel. First, remember the whole point of telling people about Jesus is that they might believe and be saved. Telling people about Jesus is a good thing. We are offering good things to people when we tell them about Jesus. Just as Jesus came as light to a dark world, He has sent us to be lights in a dark world. We do not tell people about Jesus so we can condemn them, so we can belittle them, so we can criticize them. The primary purpose of telling people about Jesus is that they might receive the salvation Christ offers them. Don't forget, we have good news to share. Second, I want you to remember the word that we share, it does involve judgment. Whenever we talk about our faith, we often think, who am I to judge others? And that's true in a sense that we have no right to judge others because we are sinners just like they are. But it is wrong in the sense that the word we share speaks truth about sin and salvation. Jesus said His Word would judge people, and that's the, that's, is true of our Gospel witness as well. That the Gospel is a message of good news, but there is a judgment in it as well. As one commentator writes, the same message that proclaims life and forgiveness to the believer proclaims condemnation and wrath to the unbeliever. So don't forget, the good news is so good because life without the good news is so bad. And third, I want to remind you that we are humble messengers who have graciously received this eternal life promised in the Gospel. We are simple, humble messengers that when we tell others about Jesus, we need to stick to the message. Just as Jesus said only what His Father gave Him to speak, so also we must share the good news that we find in the Bible. We can tell people what Jesus has done for us. That's great. It's not the good news. Our changed lives are not the good news. Now, they are evidence of the good news. They are evidence of the power of Jesus But Jesus is the one we are sent to tell people about. We have been sent to proclaim the truth. So let's be sure to share it correctly and clearly. So don't forget, we have been given a specific message to share, and that message is about Jesus. You see, the good news that we share at Christmas is that Jesus was sent by God to be a bright light in a dark world. And He came to do good for us by saving us from our sins and giving us eternal life. 
And as sinners who stand condemned before God, we need this salvation He offers. And we can have it. We are called to receive it as a gift. A gift of salvation that we receive humbly knowing that only Jesus can forgive us of our sins. So may the Holy Spirit help us to receive this good news and help us to cry out like heralds announcing Christ our King and the good news that He brings. Let us pray. Oh God, we thank You that You give us good news to share and that Christ came for good. We pray that You would help us to hear and believe the good news of the Gospel and to be filled with such joy at what we have received in that gift that we want to share it with others, that we want to live by it, obeying Your Word, knowing it is truly Your Word. May we remember that we are saved simply by receiving this gift, not by any goodness in us. Help us, O God, to be filled with joy and to see those around us in darkness. And may we boldly yet humbly share with them the good news of Jesus our hope of eternal life. In His name we pray. Amen.